This week's episode is brought to you by Great Nature, the only vanguard clan that you can say with a Scottish accent and it sounds good. Great Nature. In it. Today we are talking about the smart animals. We're talking about great nature. Now, this time, there are only two people. So it's two guys having a good time, having a good time. Uh, so today it's just me and... What's up, guys? It's Mason again from uh, Science of Vanguard and Vanguardians. Yay! So I the episode you were on before, we talked about the tech booster, which has great nature in it. So today we're just going to be covering great nature more in depth because all of the cards in tech booster got revealed. Yeah, this will get people, you know, this will probably be good for the next four or five months easily. Yeah, is that uh, is that a good thing necessarily for Great Nature? Uh, I think it's kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to card fight Vanguard. Like, like just the way the game works, you're not going to get support if you're a non not a main character clan oh. for, like, except for two times a year. So, yeah. kind of this is going to happen. And some of the stuff, like, spoiler, Crown Tiger will probably just always be one of the best grade twos in Great Nature, so... And probably the game, arguably. It's uh, it's pretty damn good. We'll get into that later. I, I'm actually kind of bothered by that whole policy, because I'm probably never going to be able to recover Gear Chronicle. Uh, well, I mean, when, when we get off Chrono, you'll probably be able to do it. Yeah, or I can just be like, eh, screw it, and just, you know, do, do it against That's my true. own policy. But anyway, so let's talk about how uh, what is Great Nature and how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, Great Nature is a clan of... It's a university with animals in it, Am I doing that right? You do. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I think that's the lore behind it. If you're yeah. going for that, I, I'm not. I'm not a lore fan, but I mean aesthetically, it's like you, you see like animals with like graduation caps, and they're carrying books and stuff. Yeah, my 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 understanding of the lore of this clan is it's just a bunch of animals that go to school, and some are students and some are professors. But the way it works is they focus on uh, giving their rear guards power buffs in increments of four thousand, typically. But mm-hmm. in in exchange for that, you have to retire the rear guard that you're powering up. However, there are a lot of skills that allow you to draw when that rear guard is retired. So by stacking all of those skills on one rear guard, you retire one rear guard and then you draw like six cards. So mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of offensive pressure in exchange for just refilling your hand after. Am I missing yep. anything? Nope. Uh, just one of the things I would say about that is normally like you try and make one guy really big to counteract the retiring. Instead of powering a bunch of people with power, you normally just choose one guy and go all in on him. Yeah. I mean, another thing that comes with it is there's a lot of math in your head because you have to go, okay, like 4, 8, 12, 16. And there's also like trying to plan that correctly where if you, I call it doping because it's like athletes where you get the boost and then they get in trouble later. So by giving them the boost, you're trying, you're trying to hit numbers in increments of 5k, 11, 16, 21. So if you give a 9k, like a 9k grade to a boost, it's at 13, which is kind of wonky. So in order for it to hit 21 by itself, you need to give it two more dopes. However, if you have a 7K booster, it just kind of throws the numbers off. But it's definitely rewarding if you, you know, if you can plan ahead or if you just, you know, you're okay with just being like one under, but it's, you know, still a giant column. Yeah, it normally has to do a little bit of work to get the perfect number. Like it takes like intervals of three plus fours to get there. But with a booster, it does help a little bit. Yeah. But some cards, uh, sometimes only attack by themselves, which we'll talk about more later. Yeah. So with builds, what what do you think are like the viable builds lately? Uh, the only builds I think that are viable personally are Chat Noir, Tester Fox, uh, Big Belly, 
And then some people have been trying out Chat Noir just as like the main Vanguard and then playing like one big belly and some Tuskmasters and stuff like that. So I think those are the first two are the real the real decks. Chat Noir Fox and Big Belly. Um, do you want to just cover one each? I'll take the Fox, you take Big Belly. Sure. I have more experience with the Fox, but go ahead. God damn it, I have more experience with Fox too. All right. Because so Fox is better most of the time I, until recently. I agree, <laughs> yeah. So uh so the way the Fox thing works is uh so Chat Noir is the break ride where when you break right on top of it, you get Vanguard gets 10k, and then when your rear guard attacks, you can pick a different rear guard, or just pick any rear guard, and give it a dope and life insurance, which is when it dies, you draw a card. So typically what'll happen is you go on that break ride turn, you stack all your dopes on one card, and then it dies, you, and you draw. Typically, if you did Crayon Tiger 3 or 4, if you use Crayon Tiger still, and then if there's other stuff, you're typically drawing more cards. So that's a really potent break ride. And then the Fox Legion is, you know, whatever scientist tests Fox, and then his Legion skill is when a card is put in your drop zone during your end phase while he's in Legion, you unflip a damage. So your unflip engine is superb. And then if that card you put in the drop happens to be something on the Vanguard circle, you can put two cards of anything to the bottom of your deck and draw a card. And then the mate skill is when he dies, if you're in Legion, you counterblast and search for something that is on your Vanguard circle. So basically what you do is you go, all right, search for the fox I just got rid of and then put the fox at the bottom. So it's like a never-ending loop. You can really go for a long time. Like playing against Genesis with the Dreaming Dragon, it just goes on and on and on. It basically, like, uh, you would think between drawing a card and using the fox back in the deck and, like, searching something out, you would run out of cards very quickly, but you actually just break even because of Tester Fox every time. Well, there's that, and you can re-ride Re-Legion. Yeah. And then on top of that, the good thing is that skill is all in end phase, so you can still run strides like Kath Palud. You know, you can still get your, like, big numbers on, like, the stride turns, and then the stride goes away, and you can do all your end phase stuff. So he's probably one of the, like, the legions that has made it, the, you know, the farthest past all the legion stuff. I'm a best thing saver on the real ones in yeah. my mind. So it's got a hell of a late game, and then the early game has gotten even better with uh, Mike Sabro, which allows you to search grade 3s which means you can run less of them, so you can have more of like a rush-heavy early to mid-game. So it's just a very consistent deck overall. Um, mm -hmm. And Big Belly. <laughs> All right. So Big Belly, while Chat Noir Fox normally tries to kill off their cards in order to get advantage and draw stuff, Big Belly actually kind of rewards you for not killing off your cards. In fact, Big Belly himself doesn't even kill off anything without using a Generation Break 2 effect. So what Big Belly does is when you stride on top of him, you Mechanoblast 1 and pick 2 units. Those units get plus 4. If an attack hits in the column that those units are in, I'm doing this all from memory, by the way, so excuse yeah, me if I'm slightly wrong. No, you're getting uh, it. If the yeah. attack hits, you draw a card. So what this deck we want you to do is kind of attack the Vanguard a bunch and refill your hand by attacking and hitting them. Now, there are cards in this deck that reward you for drawing cards. Uh, I'm sorry, draw cards by boosting, but there are ways to get around the retiring that normally Big Belly decks do play. Uh, one of the ways they do this is the Generation Stride Afnik, or Aflac, as uh, Atlas likes to call it. Aflac. It looks Half like a duck. Line. I mean, his name's unpronounceable as it is, so we might as well just call him that. Yeah. But this will make it so your units do not die or cannot be retired by card effects this turn. So you put a bunch of effects on a card that make it uh, die and then draw a card. You still get to draw the card with how the way the game works, and then, boom, your guy doesn't die. So you do stuff like that, and you use the new grade one that Big Belly got, which really made it into an actual deck, which is school, school to ship. There's, no, Scholarship Student uh, Alley Belly. That's its actual name. And it just can't die as long as you're Vanguard Big Belly in its name from retiring effects. So you can put all the effects that would kill something on the Alley Belly. And then Alley Belly himself actually makes it so that the archetype success, which normally Big Belly does, which you can't do one second, lets you give them more power. It's a um, the success changes. So it can be like 20,000, 25,000. 
it's That's kind true. of it's kind of like it's normally 20 yeah it is normally 20 but yeah there's a, what you were talking about with the drawing and retiring there's a difference between the two so a lot of the modern life insurance effects are you know at the end of the turn draw a card and retire that unit yeah, it doesn't versus, work with a uh, loop de loop for example yeah versus earlier cards like coiling duckbill or mike saburo which is when that card is put in the drop zone in the end phase you can then you know do your thing the way Vanguard works is if you can't resolve a skill all the way, you resolve as much of it as you can. So if the card can't be killed by a card effects, you can draw a card, and then because you can't retire it, you just don't retire it. Exactly. So how, how, how do you think Big Billy is now? It's pretty good. I haven't honestly got to play it as much as I wanted to. Um, I just figured I wouldn't be able to get this stuff for my BWC, which I'll be playing in this weekend, and I will not be playing Great Nature, unfortunately. Uh, the deck seemed powerful, but I kept losing with it, but I would see other people win. And I was doing the same things they were doing, and I, my deck seemed the same as everyone else. I just couldn't seem to get the win going for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, the deck is powerful. I would just kept losing to, like, weird random things. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to get this deck done in time for Atlanta. I need to practice other decks that I'm going to actually have a chance of playing. So I kind of put this deck down. But it seemed powerful, and my understanding is it's doing pretty well over in Japan, which is a good sign of, hey, there might be something to come with this deck, even though Japan does not dictate our meta. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Big Belly just kind of seemed like it, it got stuff to, like, wrap it up. Like, it got its Heart Thumb clone. It got its Pure clone. Mm-hmm. It got its Glimmer Breath clone, which is coincidentally one of my favorite card arts and flavor texts ever. Uh, Gray Belly? Problem Child, yeah. Bond Scott comes alive. I don't know, it just didn't connect with me because to me, Great Nature has always been like a mid game deck. And then with all the Big Belly stuff, it becomes late game because Stride. And it, it just doesn't feel right. And so I'm probably just sticking with Break Ride Fox. Yeah, I, yeah, Breakheart Fox only got really one card in the new set, but it was a very powerful card with Anchor Rabbit, so they've been able to utilize that. And for those that don't know what Anchor Rabbit does, is it's an 8k grade 2, which sounds weird, but actually kind of is perfect for what it needs to do. And when it uh, success of 20k happens, it stands. So normally what you'll do is you'll attack with this card, uh, dope it up with other effects, and then trigger its own effect to restand it. And it has a second effect of it can actually be a booster by counterblasting 1 if you have Generation Break 1. Since it's Fox, you don't really care because you can you unflip like so often. Exactly, yeah. With Fox, it's almost impossible to have like face up damage after two turns. It's you have to like really try. So <laughs> it isn't really a cost at all in that deck, and so that kind of replaces some of the other cards that people are playing, at least in my mind. So like what? Uh, well, like my uh, my Fox build, which I was testing with, was like three anchor rabbits. No, I'm sorry, it was four rabbits, four tiger, and four the legion mate. I think or something like that. Wow, that that is. You're going like balls to the wall with that rabbit. I wanted to see how good the rabbit is, and it like just excelled perfectly. Like it just gets to attack so many times, and then you can normally boost its own power up enough with your other effects that you can then attack again with a crown tiger. So, um, oh yeah, I, I mentioned this in last week's episode. Is I got rid of my binoculars tiger when I came back to the game because we had taper at the time. And then they revealed Mike Saburo, and then Binoculus Tiger became good again. I'm like, shit. So <laughs> I, I am a filthy casual, and I have to use Compass Lion as my early game retire. Oh, geez, that is it's miserable. Not bad. No, it's it's good defense and stuff. Yeah, but late game, yeah. it doesn't pay off nearly as much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Should we, should we talk about Crown Tiger for those that don't know what it does? Because I assume people um, listening to this are probably newer to great nature. Yeah, because we're, we're in the key cards part of the thing anyway. So. All right, so Crown yeah. Tiger is kind of how this deck wins in my mind. So what this deck does yeah. is it just doesn't die. It draws a bunch of cards. And then eventually it's going to hit a bunch of crits, and then you're going to attack the rear guard. Then you're going to use Crown Tiger that says when it's boosted, stand a rear guard, give it plus four thousand. At the end of the turn, retire that unit, draw a card. So you'll basically like your attack with your Vanguard. They'll probably be at five or four or something like that. They're a perfect guard because they're afraid. You put a bunch of crits because normally the average builds twelve crits. 
on a rear guard, attack the rear guard, attack the crown tiger, restand, attack again. And that normally kills people because you're just drawing so many cards that even if they live, they probably can't kill you again, and you just fire back with another crown tiger. Yeah, it's like probably it's I think one of the best amber clones in the game for sure. Yeah, it, it's really really powerful, and it's so good at what it does too. But it's not like Silent Tom where like the clan would lose if it didn't have it. It just gives the clan that umph to make it like actually a tier deck. Yeah, like like uh, Great Nature is actually a deck where you can play budget. Yeah, I mean as long as, as long as you have Crown Tiger and some some of the strides, I feel like you're pretty well set. Well, I mean the strides are fairly cheap, like except for Mana Garm, but Mana Garm is less important now with uh, the Big Belly Stride, which comes out in English as of right now tomorrow because tomorrow's yeah. the twenty sixth at the time of this recording. But before we had Mana Garm, which was a stride that you can counter blast one, flip up a copy of him. You pick two rear guards, give them 4k, and then when they attack the opponent's vanguard, if that column is at 20,000 or more, they can't guard with the grade ones or higher. So that used to be really good before the introduction of view guards. Now it's not quite as good. It's still pretty good. It lost a few steps because people can just go, all right, G guard, my vanguard's at 31 to your 20. Yeah, and one of the men, uh, how do you say it again? Magnum armor? I always call it Menomenon. No, it's, uh, it's Managarm. Managarm. Okay, so one of the things you would do with Managarm, and you still do when you do stride it, is normally, once again, you use Crown Tiger. So you've attacked with your Vanguard, and then they just have, like, three attacks, and that makes it so they're, like, on G-Guards or bust. I mean, I've won a lot, a lot of games without ever striding this card, mm-hmm. but it is nice to have that kind of fail-safe button. For sure. Especially when they get low, low on hand and high damage. It's basically game over. I'm trying to think, what other... Should we go... Do Would you like to read the uh, Big Belly stride for those at home? I actually just pulled up the page. Uh, so... It is, uh, every, like, stride break in the game, there's, like, a trend of they're doing, like, stride fusion, so it's, like, the stride version. So, Sage mm-hmm. Saint Professor Big Belly. It is a once-per-turn skill, generation break two, you can counterblast one and flip up a copy of him in G-Zone. Choose one of your rear guards, it gets plus 4k for each face-up card in your G-Zone until end of turn. So, realistically, let's say you G-guard once, and you probably went into Kath Palud, and maybe the Hrinthers, the, like, Soul Blasty guy. So, by the time of doing that, that's plus 16 on, like, an average Tuesday. Then, you choose one of your units, not necessarily a rear guard, and until the end of the turn, it gets the red text of Vanguard or rear guard circle. When this unit's attack hits a Vanguard, choose up to the same number of your other rear guards as the number of face-up cards in your G-zone, and stand those. This is probably as finishery as great nature gets and i'm super happy with it it excels at what it does i mean it it is an on-hit skill but it, it is a ton of pressure and if you're if you got like a crayon tiger on the field if you're you know doing other stuff it, it's pretty overwhelming how would you use this card because i looking at it on paper it's amazing but i'm thinking of like how would i use this and i can't conceptualize what the way i read this card is this unit this card gives a guy probably plus 12 so plus 16 and then it has this other effect that's never going to happen, but your opponent's going to be deathly afraid of it and make sure it doesn't happen. And you, you just never expect the red text to happen. So what happens is you stride this guy, you choose probably like a, let's just go with a Kungal or a uh, Otter or something like that. You bump it up by plus 12, attack with your Vanguard. Let's say you give the, uh, if it attack hit, stand rearguards effect to the pumped unit. Then you normally check a trigger, just assuming that's like an average kill turn, get at least one. Put it on that uh, otter. So the otter's probably at 26,000 base by itself now. You attack with that. Uh, that's going to force, you know, at least two tens minimum from their hand. Uh, probably boost it on the first attack. So maybe even three. Then attack the crown tiger, restand the otter, and then attack with the otter again. And then for some reason, this ever hit, you can restand like your booster and stuff like that for the attack to make it attack bigger again with the crown tiger. And then if it hits on the second time, you can restand the crown tiger. Now you can't use crown tiger to restand it again to go infinite. 
but you can get another like 16k attack off just to like peck away at something i mean so. hope that they should be dead it, it's well, definitely a four of and i hope it's not that big of a pain to get a hold of for my sake i mean it's pretty big big is in like costly big belly oh Oh, I mean, I, I imagine it'd be pretty costly. It is like that, and Manamanan are the finishers. Yeah. I was finishing people off with Professor Phoenix Bird guy. The on attack dope too. Yeah, I, I would just do that. So Big Bell is just a better version of that for me. So usually, what what I end up doing is a Hrimthurs, which is after you attack, you soul blast, you give something plus four, then you can give it another plus four, and yeah. that second one would kill it. But if if it dies a twenty k or more, you draw a card. That happens kind of any time of the game, and it, it's fun to like put it on something and then you go attack with it, and then Crayon Tiger restand it plus twelve, even if it's like a lowly grade two, like an eight k, like a rabbit, like an like an anchor rabbit, which would then yeah. restand itself. From yeah. Skill. So if it, it, but if it did that, you'd kill it off and you get a draw anyway. So I, I, I like that better than I do the Phoenix. I haven't played a whole lot of Great Nature since Hemther came out, so my, a lot of my experience is before Hemther. In my day, back in my day, I used four Phoenixes to kill people with eight, but uh, oh, I don't yeah, even think it's in my deck these days. So wait, how long have you been playing it? Great Nature. Yeah. Uh, basically since the clan came out, but I play like all the clans. So oh. like playing a clan for me means playing it for like a couple weeks, putting oh. it down cycling through everything and then coming back to it okay i i i started in bto7 when because i was looking for pale moon stuff and i bought a you know a bunch of that set so i had a place of leopolds and a place of the binoculus tigers nobody wanted them i was like all right let's just give this a, sh a shot and then in bto8 they had compass lion the parrot and duckbill and then that allowed me to take it to a team regional and proceed to go undefeated nice <laughs> so unfortunately my teammates did not classic teammates stroke 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 yeah well i i like to play this clan though i mean like it's a deck i'll have for fun but i don't like focus in on playing it competitively too much now with the newer support coming out i do want to give it a try after the bwc maybe i can get it for my ARG states uh the following weekend mm -hmm. so i might be playing it there but no i i think the clan's really powerful and really good i do agree that you can play this deck pretty budgety as once you get the ground tigers like if you're not planning to go to a big tournament you still need Crown Tiger, but like, just don't go if you don't have Crown Tiger. Because <laughs> as we talked about every single time, we're winning with we attack, then we attack, and the Crown Tiger kill them. Yeah, I although, think the card's pretty expensive too. Well, one one thing that I liked about Great Nature is ever since like all the G stuff came out for them, they they've been winning like every once in a while, which is just enough for them to have respect, but not enough for people to start jumping on the bandwagon. So I look like a freaking poser. <laughs> Don't worry, they'll, they'll get their time on the bandwagon. They're going to come. Yeah, but my, my, my hipstery wants and needs are fulfilled. So, about matchups. So, what, what what are good and bad matchups, do you think? So, I think any super aggressive deck is a bad matchup. Like, Grade yeah. 1 Rush, Regalia, Bluish Flames even, those decks are bad. And I think Link Joker is the only real control deck that you have, like, a terrible matchup against. Actually, I usually don't have much of a problem. Oh, really? Because you have to, you got to play differently. So, well, this is at least, like, Fox. Do you just, like, commit to board really early so they can't, like, stride universe and stuff like that and just tempo them out? There's, yeah, well, there's that, and then you can, you can outpace them by, like, stacking all your dopes and life insurances on one thing. It goes mm -hmm. away. You get enough cards to survive the next turn. Then you just plunk down a card and just do it again until they run out of resources and then <laughs> kill them. With Big mm -hmm. Belly, that's probably a different story because your stuff's staying around and, you know, you're not around forever. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's also kind of a flaw Big Belly we didn't talk about, which now probably a good thing to bring up is Big Belly needs cards on board when you stride. So you have to already have guys on board. That's why cards like uh, Air Belly, which don't die, are so important because you need to keep something there on board and it's such a hard card for them to kill. 
Yeah, this so is what... the link joke is get rid of it. Yeah, that's what annoys me with Big Belly and also Yasui with Murakumo is that they don't call from hand before you do the thing, and yet Alt Mile and uh, Die Emperor from Tachikaze both have a call from hand, then do this. It's annoying. Yeah, it sucks. I wish the Big Belly stride just said oh, when you stride this card, you can call a card from your hand, so you could do yeah. it that way, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I do think that any deck that can also turtle up at a greater rate than we can, so like Genesis, it, because it's offensive rather than defensive, you can keep like butting heads until we eventually overtake them, assuming they didn't get a good early game. Versus I, I Angel Feather. I have such a problem with Angel Feather because all the dopes kind of don't matter when they go, okay, guard with no seal, I'm at 23k. You know, you're just barely scratching it, guard with a 5k. It's annoying. Yeah. I have that I have that problem. It might just be because one of my friends, you know that guy you just can't win against? Mm-hmm. That's him. Uh, like Because he, play, he plays Angel Feather and just, Jesus Christ. I found that against Angel Feather, you're basically all in on Menomenon to win the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need to get them that way. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of building towards that moment. Uh, the problem is they can draw so many cards. And as, like, an Angel Feather player, or someone who's, like, played it a bunch, it isn't really that scary a matchup. I just need to respect the Menomenon turns, and then I could probably win. But while Link Joker, I feel like they can apply enough pressure, and they make it so our doping is awkward. And then, like, it's hard for us to win if they're, like, I'm specifically Chaos Breaker. That's the build I'm talking about. Like, there is no other Link Joker deck in my mind. Actually, so, oh, no, I, I have a worse time with Messiahs than I do with uh, Chaos, Chaos Breaker. Because with Chaos Breaker, I, I think psychologically I know, okay, he's going to shut down my field, and that's just what he wants to do all game. Versus mm-hmm. Messiah, where they're, like, unlocking and locking stuff, you kind of forget. And I think the biggest problem is really Crayon Tiger. Like, you have to time when you put it down correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to normally sandbag your crown tiger in those matchups. Yeah, I, I like that word sandbagging. But um, with, with chaos, I know he's gonna go. Okay, chaos universe, put something down, and then I go. All right, put my compass line down, put my whatever, and then just turtle up. Versus Messiah, they can just out out offense you. I, I I've never personally had problems playing against Messiah like ever. Like freeze ray dragons annoying, but once you like learn to play against it, it's pretty easy. So. That's the card that makes that deck decent in my mind against us. I, I assume your friends are playing like Freeze Ray Dragon as your backup and Messiah. Actually, nobody in my uh, group plays Messiah anymore except for one guy. But he has uh, what's the Legion where you like counterblast two and it, you lock for each thing in your middle column? Yeah, I imagine you're playing yeah, Star Vader. He, he does Messiah and that, so he basically just keeps recycling until he kills you. He calls the He's... deck. He calls the deck No Fun Zone. If he really wants to be No Fun Zone, he should try out Freeze Ray Dragon. That that's the yeah. Deck. That, that's where you get them. I, I, but, I think because uh, it's too expensive and he's like pivoting out of the game. Um, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, but no, nobody really plays like much Link Joker in my meta. Well, here's the here's the good thing and the bad thing about my meta is that on one hand, people don't like cancerous, quote unquote, so you don't see too many Revengers, you don't see much Link Joker, but at the same time, it makes you forget that those things exist. So when you go to a big tournament, you're like, oh yeah, Diablo is a thing. I'm the guy that plays the cancer decks, so I, I keep you in check. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the people at my university at UCR don't don't hold back, so that's nice. But just mm-hmm. at, when I'm at home, what what do you think are good matchups? Uh, I think almost any mid range deck is a good matchup. I think we're basically like the best mid range deck in the game. Meaning, uh, so a mid range deck is one that can both play offense. I'm sorry, can be aggressive or controlling depending on the matchup and the role it needs to be in, which okay. is something that Great Nature can do. While it can have aggressive starts that can kill the opponent, it can also turtle up and play a defensive role. Mm-hmm. So a mid range deck tries to excel at doing both of these things. While it doesn't do them as good as like Sanctuary Guard or as good as Link Joker at being in control, it does a good job of impersonating both of them so it can do either role in either matchup. 
So decks that I would consider that are like Brawlers is another mid-range deck where it can control the board with effects or it can be super aggressive, you know, with the two Legion mates and powering up rear gear columns and stuff like that. Or that's normally how they win regardless of the matchup. Sometimes they can slant their play more aggressive than controlling. So I think uh, Great Nature can do the same thing where uh, it can have these aggressive early starts where you kind of just like go all in and try and kill someone with like a first stride into a crown tiger. Or you can like hunker down, try and draw a bunch of cards and just like chip away at them and eventually get them. But I think this deck is just like one of the best mid-range decks. Yeah, that's true. Although mm. our one one weakness I've noticed is that so we don't have any sort of search engine or like besides Mikasubu. Yeah, besides Mike, I just call mm-hmm. him Mike. Uh, okay, Mike. Mike the TA, because <laughs> he's an assistant, right? He's I, I I get I get I get it. Continue anyway. And so, when at home gets it, I'm just uh, laughing. <laughs> honorary assistant Mike Sabro. Anyway, so we have a problem with because our only form of advantage is drawing that you know because this is a card game oftentimes you can draw a bunch of cards and that's not helpful like let's say you draw a bunch of grid ones and twos and you needed that for defense next turn or does someone killed off your field and you need something to refill your field so you you draw a bunch of triggers there's mm-hmm. no super call engine or well i mean you kind of get that with fox a little bit with researcher fox just because the way researcher fox works with tester fox yeah. you're able to loop that same fox forever yeah, but I mean, uh, that's the only thing. You don't get, you can't get boosters that way. You can't that sort of thing. Um, I mean, that is true. Yeah, that might just be because my, the other decks I play are Alt Mile, Pale Moon, and Grand Blue. Those decks are very good. Yeah, refilling the board and getting what they need, and that's understandable. Uh, Great Nature, at the price of not having exact tutoring, just has massive, like massive draws. Yeah, and it's kind of like greatness at any price. You know, like. You're going to draw four cards, but they're four random cards. Yeah. And then you're going to search up a fox. So you just really have to, like, practice. Like, not, I don't want to say practice. You have to pay attention and hold on to, like, extra boosters and stuff like that. Just in case they, you, you are playing against a retire matchup. But the matchups where it's just, like, go face, never trade, you know, like uh, Alt Miles, something like that. The, the extra card draw is super powerful. And that's why I think it's so good against mid-range decks, too. It's because, like, you just draw so many cards, it's so hard for people to kill you. That's true. Like, it, it doesn't really matter as long as you eventually hit a Crown Tiger. And it would be nice to just tutor for Crown Tiger, but I think that'd be too good. Actually, so. we, we have something kind of related to that. But first things first, what do you think, like, its current effect on the metagame is, and how do you think it's going to affect it going forward with all this new stuff? I think it's a relative player, like, for an exam- example, the extra booster is coming out this weekend. So me and my team have been preparing, and one of the decks we are respecting and, like, practicing against is Great Nature. And we're like, you know, reading all the cards, make sure we know everything. Because we do think it will be a role player this weekend, and it's a powerful deck. I don't know how much it's going to affect the meta after, like, the set 8 and stuff comes out. But I think it is a, it's a lower tier 1 deck. So it's a, it's like a... A minus? Yeah, like an A minus, that's the way to say it, yeah. It's like a really good deck, but that's, like, compared to all the decks. When compared to the best decks, it's the bottom of the tier. And I, I do think that, like, if there's ever a meta game that's slower this deck really does excel because like Kagura, while annoying, you can beat just because you draw so many cards. Uh, you know, Brawlers, like we talked about, you can beat just because you're the better mid-range deck, stuff like that. And while Link Joker is hard, it is beatable. I mean, you can deck them out too always. So uh-huh. you have that going for you. So I, I think the deck will be a role player. I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't think it will be like when No Seal got uh, the Gabriel support with the stride and everything at set seven, that became the deck to beat. When this gets the big belly support, you know, and whenever it comes out. Uh, Tomorrow. You, Tomorrow, yeah, sorry. Tomorrow, it won't be like the deck to beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll just be like, this is a deck I need to practice against and make sure I know how to play against. But, you know, it isn't, like, unbeatable. Well, I feel like Gavriel with 12 stand triggers was unbeatable. I freaking hate all the Angel Feather stuff, like, just overnight. So good. So good. (laughs) 
<laughs> I used to play uh, Metatron back in set nine. That was kind of fun. <laughs> Those are the days. Yeah, I remember always thinking like, yeah, like they just need to give us like a good three that's like discard a card, counterblast two, and you heal a damage and make it or like counterblast three and like then it's like counterblast two. We have to have a three and you make it like ultimate break and that'd be fair. And, and then they gave us Rafana and I was like, oh, so good. What, what, what the flip over a G unit heal one or yeah, that's Rafana. Yep, you're right. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a hipster deck where because there's so much math involved, people are like, I don't want to fucking do math in tournaments. So you don't see that many people playing it in the first place. So part of it's a numbers game. But on the other hand, I do think it's like high A minus low regular A. Although I recently heard as of today that Bushiroad is allowing you to put dice and things on the table. So I've heard it's tokens. So the way they as long as it doesn't block the card. But was that because I tweeted at official Bushiroad and they didn't respond. Oh, okay. I, and I haven't seen any official response. I know you can use the tokens, and because they said in the rules you can use tokens to signify it. So I thought maybe they meant like those like crappy plus five plus ten ones they gave you. I would love if they gave us dice. I have plenty of dice. I could it would make my time so much easier. I just don't know if it is for sure dice. I'm sure by the time people hear this one, we'll have like confirmation. Well, I'm sure they'll let you use dice. It's not like they'd be mean about it. Or actually, yes, they would. But um, yeah, the, it, uh, one one judge told me they think that people could easily like accidentally hit a dice over and make it go from like five to six mm. while you're playing, and that'd be a way for people to cheat with it. I'm like, that's a lot of work to like get plus two thousand more. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, part of it is you have to pay attention. Like, if mm-hmm. the guy's doing it in his head, then he could easily like you know fudge some numbers, and it's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And they might they might do it on accident too. Yeah. Like they might just be like, uh, yeah, you know, like I've got all these columns going. I th- I'm pretty sure it's like 56, and maybe in reality it's 54. But like on, on that like chat and word break ride turn, what I have to do is I have to keep my hand like next to the table, and then whenever I dope somebody, I put a finger up, so mm-hmm. I can go. All right, f- uh, four fingers times four thousand is plus sixteen k here. But it's just annoying to have to do that because I have really tiny hands and they get tired easily. <laughs> All right. I, I think that's the first time on the podcast where I have mentioned any like part of my physical appearance. How, how scandalous. How scandalous. You know what the best part about listening to a podcast is? I could not be wearing pants and the viewers wouldn't know. Or listeners. Not viewers. I, I never wear pants in SOV videos. Why do you think you only see my chest up? Come on. It's, smart, it's obvious. Yeah. Now, now you guys are just going to think about that forever. You're like, oh my god, NPR politics podcast. Are they wearing pants? Answer is no. Yeah. No, Sam, Sam Sanders doesn't wear pants at all. Tw- tweet, it, tweet at Sam Sanders. Asked if he wears pants. I'm going to do that. Anyway, so we already said effects and stuff like that. What do you think we need... Or want going forward because b- before we begin that let me preface this by saying when we got the tech booster and they announced okay it's mega colony murkuma and great nature i was like that's super appreciated that you're helping out great nature but uh we didn't need that too much try like ott or narutami or something like they mm. needed it more than we did but anyway so what do, you, what do you think we need aside from this if at all like if i had to give us something yeah let, let's say let's say uh. you work at bushy road and you got fired. You're about to send in a bunch of... I got of... fired because of this card design? No, no, you're about to send in a bunch of card designs to the printer, and, you, and you're, like, pissed off. So you're like, all right, let's break this clan. If I want to break... I can break this clan with one card. I'm but... listening. All right. So, when you stride this unit, flip up every card in your G-Zone that you want to. Then call two cards from your hand. This is all on stride. Those units get plus three, uh, 4,000 for each face-up card in your G-Zone. So you flip as many as you want. So you could flip 15, you could yeah. flip 4. It's all in. You get to choose that turn. It'll also work with your big belly at no counterblast. The cost isn't, you're not, you lose strides in order to gain power. Okay. That's so that would be how I break the clan. But if I wanted to give an actual support that might one day hit presses, 
I would probably make a G guard that's pretty good. They need a better G guard because the ones they have right now just aren't good. And we kind of like hinted at this on the podcast after playing with them. They just yeah. aren't really that good. Yeah, we, like, we, we argued about this before. Let's they just, do it again. All right. <laughs> Sweet. So the unflipping one is like kind of okay in the big belly deck because you kind of lost a lot. Yeah. Meanwhile, Aradillo is terrible in the big belly deck. Aradillo is all right in the Chetnor Fox deck, but it isn't great. And you could really use a card that was great. For an example, maybe you could have one that says give units doping effects and end of the turn they die, or for every unit that you guard with this turn, draw a card. So something like that, you know, just or maybe uh, for every all maybe all your units gain intercept and you can intercept as many as you want. That'd be kind of a cool thing. That would be and neat. then and, and then they draw a card for each one that has intercept. So you give up cards on field but move them to your hand. That'd be cool. I would I would want to give them some sort of powerful G guard. Because while I do want to like give a stride to work with Big Belly, I want the stride to basically be the Big Belly stride, but when I stride, call two cards from my hand. And we can't have eight Big Belly stride. I mean... I don't know. I, I would focus on making the G-Guard better. Yeah. Actually, side note about the whole like call cards from hand thing, Murakumo even has one of those, which is when you stride, you can call something from hand, it gets plus 2k and the ability to attack the back row, so you can go call and then shadow clone. And not even See, Great Nature has that. Boom. But we, yeah. have, we have Crown Tiger, so... <laughs> That's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if I wanted to break it, yeah. it would be that Sylvester. I, I'd probably make it Sylvester, because why not? Sylvester's cool. I mean, they already Flip made up Sylvester to a stride. Yeah, but now we can have, like, yeah. Super Mega EX Sylvester. Yeah, I mean, the the Sylvester stride, though, is going to be in my freaking nightmares. He's, like, too svelte. Like, the, before he was kind of fat. Now he's got these, like, long witch fingers, and he's holding a globe and just mullet. He reminds me if, like, Dumbledore was part of the hair metal scene in the 80s. And Which was he was. Well, I don't know if he was. Oh, definitely was. Dumbledore, Dumbledore. come on. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I think what I would do... Oh, yeah, about the G-Guard thing. I, I disagree with you. I think it's the other way around. I kind of don't like the unflipping one. I think this is just because I do the play Fox. But So his, yeah, skill is when you guard no with, his skill is when you guard with him, you can pick a rear guard and give it the red tech skill. At the, at the end of that turn, you kill him off and counter charge. And then the, the armadillo thing is when you guard with it, you can retire any number of rear guards. And then if you have three or more open rear guard circles, it gets plus 10k shield. I don't really like the unflipping thing just because typically you... I don't know. I, I think it's just because of the fox. Like I already have all my face-up damage. There's no point in it. And then you gotta remember too, with the bird and big belly, you can put it on the grade one, and then every turn you unflip. That's another reason why it's good in that deck. Oh yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, so like once you guard with it once, and that belly, like theory, it almost never dies in any matchup. Yeah. It just is like a recursive unflip engine for you, which well, makes it okay. Well, the good thing is you you just don't have to run the armadillo because he's basically just screw, but mm -hmm. you could just run screw. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. which is what most Problem big belly solved. players do. Meanwhile, in, in the Fox, typically your front rows are open if you haven't put down your Tiger yet, so you can just, like, kill off a Duckbill or Mike Sabro that's clogging up the back row, because believe me, that happens a lot to me. And then you can put put a new one down next turn, because it's kind of annoying to move up an old one and put a new one, and then, like, dope the old one. So, I, gotcha. I, I just depends, like, on the thing. In my opinion, if I was gonna, like, if I was gonna break them, I would probably give them some sort of super call engine where you go, like, success. Give them Knight of Twin Sword? So they can get ran out of Crown Tiger every turn. Exactly. <laughs> or just make a new version of Crayon Tiger that's not once per turn and run stand triggers and kill everyone. Uh, you could also use Big Belly's uh, restand effect then effectively yeah. because you could attack, attack, attack. And if they were restood, you go infinite. Yeah, thank God. Thank God that once per turn is once per turn. <laughs> they thought ahead for once, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, but I think realistically, if they were going to do anything, it'd probably be. I think there needs to be at least in Big Belly a recycle engine, something where if the game starts going longer, because games either go really short or really long. 
now. Yeah, I, I'm personally of the opinion that these uh, Heartbreakers, like Big Belling, Victor, and cards like that, need to get Legions that they Legion with, so we can do super stupid dumb stuff. So <laughs> I would like a Big Belly Legion. That'd be sweet. Uh, okay, I'm listening. I, I don't know what the Big Belly other half does, but I know that when I stride, I still get to use Big Belly skill, which is awesome, and I get to Legion. I think I think Bougiero doesn't like Legion though. I I agree. I don't like Legion that much either, but I think it would be a cool place to go. I, don't know, I, I almost I, quit Vanguard when Legion happened. I, I, that, that's actually what made me quit the first time. Really? Yeah, because basically in my head I saw it. I'm like, two things of the Vanguard circle for shame. I, I was like, eh, this doesn't seem as powerful as people are making out to be. Then I played it and I was like, oh, I'm fucking wrong. Yeah. This is really good. Well, I mean, the main thing <laughs> was just putting the four cards back. Because before, yeah. if, you, if, you got, like, your, if you got like three heal triggers in the opening game, SOL, right? Now you can just go, all right, put those back. They're in the deck again. It also, like, sped the game up a lot because for people that didn't play back then, normally you attack for, like, 21 with your Vanguard column, maybe, like, 26. Yeah. And then it was, like, consistently 22 without a boost. Yeah. And you put back these triggers. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy. I, I think if they were going to, if we were going to give something else to Tester Fox, I don't know. It, it might just be something where you could search for one of the one of the Fox Legion parts because it's, it's nice to be able to get something to, you know, get the search engine or the two to the bottom engine mm-hmm. going. Maybe like a like a grade one where when he dies you can like search for it's basically like it would be like Duck Bill or Mike Saburo, but you just get that. Ooh, stuff. draw the bottom card of your deck so that way you set oh, up Tester Fox. That now would be cool. I like that. Yeah, that's also super hipster, which is like what we're talking about here. Yeah, Convulsion of Nature Vanguard Edition. Oh yeah. What what do you have coming up lately? Like uh, I have the BWC this weekend. I have. Uh, potentially two states next weekend so i have one that's two and a half hours away in alabama and i have one that's here in uh nashville i have both of those and then after that the schedule is pretty clear um i think sam from sov is going to the chicago regionals but besides that i don't have any plans to go to any other events damn school school's gonna start in a couple weeks for me so i'm just when does the bwc come to uh cali let's find out i don't know off top i want to say november a- anything coming up on like Science of Vanguard or anything to do? Uh, when about? it comes, let's see. We're gonna restart the Vanguardian live stream soon. Uh, so to those of you who maybe been on the Vanguardians page for a while and seen that, we used to do live streams where we get people from the community, not not so much YouTubers, just, just like normally random people. Sometimes would be a YouTuber and like there was a host and the host would just kind of ask questions and we do like a free form talk thing. So we're gonna bring those back. I want to bring back some sort of variation of Monday Night Wars, which was another Vanguardians thing where. We would get community members to battle it off while people commentated over those games. And then, we, you know, you were crowned victorious and you got smack talking rights or whatever. So I want to do something like that. And then when it comes to actual science of Vanguard stuff, not just like Vanguardians, um, I'm on my top eight get invite rant. I've started yeah. this mission to top eight of a Bushy Road event to get it. So while you're looking it up, I'll talk about it. I believe that if you get top eight at a BWC, you should get an invite to Nationals. And here's why. It costs Bushy Road zero dollars. So Nationals has 40 people. They have a big enough venue that probably if five or six people of the, out of every single topic where to go, they would be okay maybe pushing it just a little bit. You play best of one modified Swiss all day in order to get top eight. By the way, this is the short version. If you want to see the longer version, go to Science of Anger and look for the top eight video. Oh, God. But, yeah. but basically, the way, that, the way the system works is if you lose round one, you basically can't make top eight. So every single Bush Hero tournament, there's round zero, but just no one ever talks about it. Yeah. Whatever, that's fine. So after that, you need to play well all day. Then you could make it to the second to last round. I saw this happen. Sam was playing against David Nickel, I believe is his name. Who the hell is uh, Sam? Sam is from SOV. Oh, okay. uh, he was one of our guys. But oh, sure. it was him versus David at Atlanta last year, table one, right? Sam beat David. 
David went to table, I think, six. David won, still didn't make top eight. So it is incredibly hard to make top eight. I mean, he went undefeated up until the second to last round and still did not make top eight. He got, like, 12th. So I feel like once you make top eight, now that I think they're starting to let them play two out of three for single events, which is good, but now we need to have top eight get invites because it's just so much work, and it costs Bushiro zero dollars, and it encourages people. Also, their argument is their game is more casual, right? So they're marketing towards a casual audience. Well, you know what's super casual? Having only the three people out of 500 get an invite to nationals. You know what is super casual? Letting anyone who gets top eight get an invite. That way they can say, I'm qualified for nationals at the local, and they feel accomplished and proud. And while I feel accomplished and proud every time I get top eight, it's great when I get those. It was great when I got my nationals invite back in Ohio. All those things are great. I do want to have more people go, and I think it's dumb that people make top eight and they don't uh, get to go to nationals. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. You can't even prove it. You can't go on the website and be like, look, there's my name. Yeah, exactly. I, I Sometimes with the team league, they'll show the team names so you could see, like, for example, Nexus Corp, where you got, like, top eight. You're like, oh, that's me. And they have, like, the top eight picture, but that's, like, all you got. Yeah. So it'd be cool to have something for nationals. Um, you know, I actually have a fan that, like, if you're not going to give us top eight gets invites, Give us those, like, Claret Sword Continental cards, but give them for top eight. I mean, you already print off all these promos that are dumb and don't do anything. You might as well give us sweet, you know, Chrono Jets or sweet Ashes or something like that. So, yeah. And you could actually have, there'd be, like, a top eight uh, Chrono Jet, a Nationals Chrono Jet, and a World's Chrono Jet. And they'd all be different values, and they'd all be sweet. And you'd be like, look, I have my one top eight, I have my Nationals, and I have my World's one. And it'd be, like, this super cool thing that people have. Yeah. I don't know. It's whatever. I ranted a lot about this top eight. And then if your name's Ash, you get to the top two and then lose after trying, like, five five regionals in a row. Wah, wah, wah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I've actually known people who have gotten top eight at multiple, multiple, multiple regionals, but they've lost out in the fourth or the quarterfinals. That sucks. Like, they just haven't got it yet. And they've just, like, clearly they're a good player. They consistently top. But it's just, like, the way things break down. Wah, wah, what are you going to do? But if you want to hear more about this, check out SOV. Check out Different Fight. Check out Team No Guard. Check out Team Dreadnought. Check out Domed Up Harris 21 soon. Check out Vanguard Central. I'm trying to get the Valiant Cry. Hopefully Atlas and his people will pick up the banner too. Oh We're going to try God. and get us all talking about it. And hopefully Bushiro will do something if we all talk about it enough. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to uh, get Richard to do it, and he's just being a fuddy-duddy. As long as we keep talking about it all year, it'll be fine. It doesn't have to be all at once. Sweet we just have to keep talking about it. Sweet yep. little gets the grace, I guess. Okay, anyway, so to, to answer the question like five minutes ago, the... Uh, mm-hmm. It's October 22nd in Pomona. All right, awesome. So I guess that's to be the next big thing you go to. Yeah. You guys don't get many ARGs out there in California, do you? No. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's all like Silicon Valley people and surfers. and. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Ain't no ARGs out there. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Or Vongola or Team Dynasty. Well, also, California is such like a geographically big state that you can't just like go to the next one over. Yeah. It being like a like at least a day and a half or something like that. Yeah, I've heard that they tried to do ARG states once. They did North and South Cali. Yeah. But it was just like so hard to get to fire. It's just like the player base is split across the state and like getting to two different events and like which one do you go to, blah, 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 blah. So I heard it was kind of a nightmare. I just imagine someone in Bakersfield like I fucking, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, got, you got anything else to impart on the listeners? Mm, let's see. Everyone should get Toppy. They should all subscribe to the Science of Vanguard because we're the best channel in the world. Cap of Pride. Um, stroke. 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 Uh, okay. That's all I can think of okay. right now. All right. Well, until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Mason. And have a good night, everyone. I'd like to take this time to thank all listeners that happen to come across this podcast. 
Uh, be sure to rate and like us on iTunes and to, you know, suggest this to your friends. I'd also like to thank Lil Elephant, the Oakland-based band that supplied our intro and outro music. Uh, you can find them at lilelefunk.com, so L-I-L-E-L-E-P-H-U-N-K. You can also tweet us at VGNexusCorps, so V-G-N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Or you can tweet me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N is in Nancy, O-V is in Victor, A-C-K. Have a good night, everyone.